a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Tim, I'm part of the leadership team here, and um, uh, for, for one week only, I am not down in the youth room. Um, I, I'm up here bringing a word to you. It's, it's a real privilege to do so. And, um, and you find us this week, um, uh, actually, we're not even a third of the way through yet, our, our, um, uh, our journey through Luke. Luke is a, if you're new to church, um, Luke is a book of the Bible, an account of the, of the life of Jesus. There are, um, there are four accounts, there's Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, and they're, they're known as Gospels, and Gospel means good news, and there's a lot of good news right here in these books. And do and you know what, there's so, so many times um, we read in Luke about Jesus going to going to heal somebody or healing somebody or coming from a healing, uh, actually that was an integral part of the good news of the kingdom of God that he, that he was bringing. Uh, an abs- absolutely integral part. So, so healing is right here throughout the whole of the life of Jesus and the account. So we're, um, I told you we're not even a third of the way through. Has anyone's maths worked out where we might be? Uh, we're, we're up to we're up to um, chapter seven, um, and so I'm going to read uh, read these verses, and uh, and then we'll uh, and then we'll look at well we'll talk about them together. So, do you, you know something I always find with the Bible, with any with anything that was written thousands of years ago, okay, it can be hard to understand, especially when it's the inspired word of God, who is infinitely intelligent. And I'm not. Um, actually, th- there's sometimes a bit of a gap between my understanding and, um, and all that God means. And I just, what I like to do when I'm, when I'm trying to understand the Bible is just is humbly accept that actually I, I don't really know it all in my own strength. And so I just, uh, I just ask God for help with that. And so we, let's, let's just do that now. Just pray with me. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that what is in it is true. We, we love you, Lord, and, and we thank you that you would speak to us and involve us in your story. And Lord, some of these things are going to be hard to understand. Some of these things are going to be hard to apply to our lives and, and see the application. Lord, I, I just want to say, would you help us to, to understand this. Would you help me as I try to communicate it? Would you open our spirits to, to receive um, your word in, into our hearts, Lord? We, we ask it in, in your great and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Luke 7. This is titled The Faith of the Centurion um, in my Bible. Um, So when Jesus had finished saying all this, if you want to find out what all this is, have a look in Luke 6, um, or you can download Graham's talk on it from last week. Um, when, When Jesus had finished saying all this, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus 
and sent some of the elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him to say, to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the words and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell one, go, and he goes. I tell one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And in turning to the crowd um, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain. I think it's called Nain. It might be called Nain. Anyway, he went, he went to this town and his, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As, appro- as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. That's a nice welcome, isn't it? A dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. This story just keeps on getting worse. And a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the, and when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. And then he went up and touched the coffin and those carrying it stood still. And he And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. And all were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. So I want to suggest something radical to you this morning on the basis of this story. But actually, this story is true. That it's very easy to be brought up with an idea of the baby Jesus being born and coming to earth. And actually, he was a good man who taught. And, and actually, he even died for our sins and he was a real victim in that process. But actually, I want to suggest something radical to you, that this story is true. We have, we have a few different ways of trying to understand these, these things. We're, we're faced with two accounts of people in dire situations, one about to die and one who is already dead, and a family in grief. We're faced with these, with these two situations, and what does Jesus do about it. What's he going to do? There, there are people, what, Bible-believing Christians, who would look at this and go, well, Jesus didn't actually heal. He was kind of just in the right place at the right time, and these, are kind of, these stories are meant to talk about his, his goodness and how he saves people from their sin. But we've said already, there are so many accounts 
of Jesus healing, of that there are just too many coincidences for it all to be chance, right? In in, in science, in in medicine, that uh, there are there's statistical analysis. When when uh, when a company is researching a new medicine, a new drug, they they try it and see and see if it works. But they don't go, oh well, it worked on a few people. Uh, let's give it a go uh, on the general population. What they say is it works on a few people, and we are going to test those results with statistics. And basically, the the smaller the number, the smaller the number of the probability of this happening by chance, the greater that we can say, actually, this thing works. And I'm afraid there are just so many times when Jesus is healing people in great power and, so, and, and actually even at one time healing everybody there. We read that right throughout all the four Gospels. Actually, can't just be chance, can it? Actually, maybe there is something about this guy that is actually giving him the power to meet people where they are in their sickness and even in their death and heal them. There's another option. There's another option we have to look at these things. We can say, well, actually, I believe Jesus is the Son of God and I believe that he did heal people. And I believe that even the people around him, his friends, he gave power to his friends afterwards. And, um, and we, see, uh, we see in the Bible uh, that Peter healed people and that there were these other great healings. But actually, oh, we don't really see that very much. You, know, you can look in churches up and down the land and we don't see very many people being healed, right? So uh, those, those things have probably died out now. That's another way of looking at that's that's what some people might call a cessationist idea that these gifts of healing that actually Jesus's desire to heal actually it, 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 his power and authority to heal has not pre- is not present in his church anymore and and to that I would say something you may have heard me mention earlier this morning actually when when the Lord was kind of introducing himself to the people of Israel. He was creating a people. He had set them free from Egypt and led them out through Egypt, actually through what he calls great judgment. Through great judgment, I will save you. That actually, the, the, the Israelites, his people, were kind of in his hand and his hand was just smashing its way out of, out of Egypt and making a way and making a way through, um, miraculously, through the Red Sea. Through great judgment, he was saving them. But actually, in the peace after that, he said, he said, now let me tell you about myself. Hi, I'm the God who heals you. I'm the God who heals you. And if that is his name, then I don't feel particularly comfortable with the idea of saying, well, God's just forgotten that part of his name now. Actually, I don't, you know, he healed then, but he doesn't really heal now. We can't, you know, we, we've got other things that can, uh, can help heal us now. You know, we, God, doesn't, God doesn't do that now. No, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he says, hi, I'm the God who heals you. 
I'm the God who heals you. There's a third option to look at this idea of, of healing. And that is, because faith is a really big part of healing. You know, Jesus commended the, the centurion's faith, right? He said, Israel, that is how you do faith. That is how you do faith. And this guy isn't even an Israelite. You guys should know, but actually know it's an invader into your country that shows you guys how to do faith. Faith is a really important part. And so, so we can look at this and actually God uses faith hugely. But there's a danger that we don't want to go down a, a route of saying, well, if I just have a little bit more faith, if I just conjure up a little bit more faith inside me, then God's going to heal me. Then I will be healed. Because actually, we're kind of putting confidence in in faith itself. And actually when Jesus says, go in peace, your faith has made you well, he's talking about faith in him. You, have you seen, um, have you seen the sound of music? I see a lot of women's hands up. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with watching and singing along to musicals. Unless, unless it's high school musical. Adam Ramsey. Oh, he's not here. You can, you can hear that on the tape then. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with listening. But, but, in, but in, um, in The Sound of Music, Julie Andrews as Maria is, is um, jumping gaily down a tree-lined street with her... It's probably the wrong choice of words, wasn't it? Um, anyway... Uh, uh, She's, she's found her, this, new, this newfound freedom having been released from the convent to go and care for the children of Captain Von Trapp. And I've watched this a few times. And so, so on track three of the soundtrack, um, she, she bursts into song saying, I have confidence in confidence alone. I've started this too high. Despite of which you see, I have confidence in me. Thanks. So, so, she has confidence in confidence alone, and she has confidence in herself. And if I just have a little bit more faith, then I will be healed, and I will conjure this up, and I will burst a blood vessel in my head doing so. That's not the way... It works. All power to him who is able. We've sung songs about that nothing would overcome the power of his name. And there is a mystery in healing which I don't fully understand, that sometimes we, we're praying for people to be healed and that there's a word on someone and, uh, and it takes years to come to fruition. But all power to him who is able. It, back in Daniel, there's this, uh, was it Daniel 3 or 2 or something, that um, there's a, 
a, a story where his mates Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are being uh, they're about to be tossed into the fiery furnace for not having bowed down to a statue of a king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and they say this, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God, the God we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. My God is able to save me and he will rescue me. But even if he doesn't, that doesn't change anything about him. He is ultimately sovereign. Ultimately in charge. And because of that, I am not going to bow down. I'm not going to bow down to any other... I'm not going to... This is going to be a hard road to walk, but I'm not going to bow down to any other God or lose, lose heart. Oh, it can be... This can be a hard thing to kind of grasp. And in fact, Kathy, can, we, can I invite you up? Um, you got a mic? Thanks, Kathy. Let's welcome Kathy up, please. Have a microphone. This kind of seems to tie in a little bit with, with your story, uh, I guess. That actually, well, what you had this word spoken over you, and and and, and God has brought a he brought a healing, and there's this there's this baby in your in your tummy now and that's that's fantastic but this road isn't a hard one it isn't an easy one to walk so what kind of things did you go through in in that process how long have you got um okay (laughs) shortly what kind of things did you go through from a uh, from a faith point of view um obviously it's been um a real it's been a very dry hot desert uh for the last 10 years and um, that, actually, the bit Tim's just read out, is something that kept coming to my mind in the last 10 years, that I know that God can create human beings out of dust. He can create them out of thin air if he wants to. Um, but the reality is that wasn't happening, and, and that was a very difficult thing. And I really had to get to a point in my walk with God that, if I was never, ever going to have my own child, am I going to spend the rest of my life living with this cloud over my head? Because, you know, you get one shot at life, and uh, Chase can tell you all the statistics of the probabilities of how, because he's a scientist, of how, you know, amazing it is for you to be born. And, I, and when Chase used to say those things to me, I'd think, God, you know, and I'm wasting it being stressed about this. And, and then I had to... I had to get to a point where I thought, you know what, God, if I don't get what I want, I still want to be in a place where I bow the knee to you because that is more important than having a baby. And actually, that was a very hard place to get to. It took me a long time, but I I did nail it. And for me, actually, I would say that this is a miracle. This is brilliant. 
like, what, what's happened? This is cherry on the cake. But actually, for me, the miracle was when I was walking in the desert, how God got me through that. I, I, it's just amazing because there were days I just literally wanted to die. I was so stressed about it. Um, so, yeah, and I, I just thought, yeah, I've got, I've got to get to a place where I'm happy to worship Christ, whatever comes, and no matter how painful it is. And, um, yeah. I did nail it, which I'm really glad about because it makes a celebrational part all the more meaningful because you're like, I celebrated even when I was feeling rubbish. So, yeah. Um, That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And tell tell me a little bit about how how that kind of worked with kind of some of the things you had to say and, and, and decide. Like, so she said, okay, I, I nailed this, I chose to, yeah. but tell me about how you, um, what kind of things you had to say in order to, to do that. Was, was there an element of uh, having to set your face like flint? Yeah. You know, the, the, these, these kind of things. What, what kind of rang true for you in, in, in the words of scripture that, that changed things for you? Um, I think there was obviously... The, the words of God were really important. Sadly, when you're going through something, it doesn't have a sentence saying, Kathy, one day you'll have a baby, because that's what I really wanted in the Bible. So I was like, Lord, you know, how am I going to make those words mean something to me in my situation? So I started praying that God would just reveal just one or two verses that would help me. And, um, and there, were, there were two specific verses um, one being the story of Hannah in the Bible, but it's not the bits that you probably think. Hannah was a woman who was married. Her husband had other wives as well, as they did in biblical times. And uh, they all had kids, and they were ridiculing Hannah because she couldn't get pregnant. She was so ill and distressed um, with the fact she couldn't have children. And the bit that really struck me, and God really highlighted to me, was when she went to the temple, and she was in such a state that um, I don't think words could actually come out of her mouth. And the priest thought she was drunk and rebuked her. And she said, well, it's only 11 or something. I haven't been drinking. And, um, and she, she was so distressed. And she poured her heart out. And the priest said, go and be blessed. And it's this bit that really, really got to me. Because Hannah, it says, left the temple and she was well and she ate. But she left the temple still not knowing if she'd ever, ever have her own children. And she had to go back to her home, back to her husband, back to the other wives that were ridiculing her. So she didn't walk into this fluffy cloud of miracle. She walked back into her situations. And it says, in time, she conceived and had Samuel. And that bit there, she came, she, she came out of the temple and she was well and she ate. That, I was like, Lord, that's what I need. That is what I want more than anything now because I am ill. And I think the second verse was the whole thing of pressing on towards the goal, you know, putting the past behind and pressing on towards the goal. It's my most favourite verse. And that is very difficult when your past has had repeated um, failings and (laughs) things going on. That's very hard. But I think the other thing in terms of speaking stuff, Um, You know, with Chase, Chase chose to go through the desert with me. And whatever your equivalent of Chase is, it doesn't matter. Everyone needs a Chase. That's my catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) um, Chase would sometimes, he would literally physically pick me off the sofa or out of bed, because sometimes I'd take myself to bed crying. 
And he would say, you need to set your face like flint against this storm, Kathy. And I'd be like, I can't. And, and then he, he, but it's that word. He didn't pray in the name of Jesus. You know, but the spirit of what he was saying was there. And sometimes Chase would slam his fist down and say, I'm not having despair in this house. And I'd be like, okay. So, you know, and you need people who will do that and say, I'm going to walk through this with you. And Chase, um, is, his favourite films are Rocky. He loves the Rocky films. And, and I think in the last one, he thinks he is Rocky, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than the sound of music. Chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he says there's a, there's a bit where Sly is alone. And he, he basically makes a comment that it's not about how many punches you give, it's how many you take and keep standing. And Chase would say... He'd, he'd encourage me and say, I've never known anyone that takes as many punches as you and you keep standing. And, and we all need people who'll say those things to us. If you know someone who's walking a desert, go and tell them stuff like that. Because honest to God, I needed to hear that. Because that's, there was such authority in what Chase used to scream at me and what friends used to say to me. You'll know who they are because they've all got worn down ears in the, in the room. So, you know... It, that, so there were verses and there were God's people who were speaking into my life. That's why it's so important. It doesn't matter if it's a husband, a son, a brother. It doesn't matter who it is. If they are godly and they, they can speak that stuff into you. If you. Like I said, if you know someone going through the desert place, please make an effort and tell them, you are rocky right now. <laughs> Set your face like flint. They need it. Thank you, Cathy. Thank you for sharing that with us. Really, really appreciate that. I hope that kind of helps to maybe just put some meat on the bones of this, this story that actually when, when we read about Jesus doing things 2,000 years ago and actually we see an account of what has happened, actually there's sometimes a lot of suffering and a lot of pain goes behind that story as well that we, we kind of just have to look at. We kind of have to... It, it might, just, it might just be summed up in one sentence, but that may be 10 years' worth, okay? So, uh, so that there's a lot that, that goes on there, and I, just, I, I hope you hear the heart in that, that I actually just want to put some, some meat onto, onto the scaffolding of this story, really. So let's just, just looking particularly at the, at the faith of this centurion, right? I've got something for you. found this in my kids' dressing up box. <laughs> this is Centurion's helmet. Actual Centurion's no, an actual Centurion's helmet may offer, offer the wearer a little bit more protection and may be slightly heavier to wear and be slightly better fitting. But the Centurion's helmet um, this is made tremendously well out of paper mache. Um, uh, Centurion's helmet was there to signify actually this guy was in charge of hundreds or oh, 800 soldiers. And it, sa- it says right here that the Centurion had heard of what Jesus had been doing. He's heard of the things that Jesus had been doing. And then 
and he had this servant who was sick and he, and he wanted he wanted to do something about Centurion would have access to physicians and doctors, okay, but nothing could be done and this guy was about to die. This guy was critical, critically ill. And there's no intensive care to send this guy off to. It's just the best efforts of a physician or whoever's in whoever's in the area, okay? And at some so this centurion had heard of all that Jesus had done and said he must have been like, well, I'm an invader in this country. Okay, I don't actually belong here. This, I, I'm, this helmet is on my head to signify that I am an invader in this place. I'm not part of Israel. I'm here to take their money and their taxes. Okay, I'm not, I'm not actually a nice person when it comes down to it. I kill people. That's my job. Okay, I kill people in the name of the Emperor of Rome. Okay, I keep order in the name of the Emperor of Rome. I'm I'm causing great problems in this in this area. What right have I got to go to Jesus? But he would have heard, okay, Jesus healed this person. Ooh, that's interesting. Better keep an eye on him. He might be a troublemaker. Oh, he healed this person. Really, he healed him. He's a bit. Wow, has this guy got any standards? I thought he was here to heal holy people. He healed him as well, and her. Well, he healed all those people all in one go. Wow. Maybe, even as an invader, even as a soldier, even as someone taking taxes, I can come to Jesus even though I'm not worthy, maybe I can come and maybe he'll hear me. And so he actually sends people along because he knows he isn't worthy in himself. He, He sends people along and he certainly wouldn't want his bosses to see him going to Jesus for help. And so he sends people and, um, and they say, oh look, this this guy really deserves it because he loves our nation. He's built a synagogue. Actually, what he's doing there is helping to, to keep the peace. All right? the, the, the Roman army were not the UN. Okay? They, were, they were there to give a little bit, but hey, you've got to pay your taxes. Actually, the Roman, uh, actually, Jesus goes to him anyway. And then, what is he doing? Getting cold feet? He, said, he sends someone else out and he says, look, look please, don't, don't come in my house. I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. But this is what I understand from being a soldier. I can see that you have authority. I can see, because I, I know what authority is like. I have orders given to me and I do them. I, I have a hundred soldiers under, under me and I give, author, I, I give orders to them and they do it. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell this one come, he comes. I tell my servant to do this and he does it. This is what authority looks like for me and Jesus, I can see that on you. There's no way that you could make all these people well without authority over sickness and death. You have authority. So, so, Lord, just say the word and he will be well. And Jesus is like, wow, that is how you do faith. 
Just say the word and my servant will be well. And guess what? He is. He is well. So, why does Jesus have authority over sickness and death? Why why does he do that? Let me just tell you a little bit about sickness and death. They weren't part of God's plan. When he created the world, he didn't create sick people. And when he created the world, he didn't create people who were dying. Now there is an understanding that we are... later. What, ha- what happened then is people went their own way. Okay? People rejected God, rebelled from, rebelled from him, started walking their own, own way. And that fundamentally changed everything. It brought a curse upon existence that actually now we are wasting away. The Bible says actually inwardly we are being renewed every day. But, but outwardly we are wasting away. See, the fall, us going our own way, changed everything. And now, if you hadn't worked it out, we are destined to die. I'm sorry this is bad news. I'm sorry if this is news for you, but this will happen one day. Like the Romans have taxes, okay, and like we pay our taxes also, we are destined to die. But there is one guy who has authority over sin and death. We can read it in, um, in Colossians, uh, the, the letter to the church in Colossae, Um, which says this about Christ being supreme. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created. Okay? This is Jesus we're talking about, and he's there at creation. He is there at the beginning of existence. Okay, for by him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that everything might have supremacy. So in in everything he might have the supremacy. Colossians also goes on to say in chapter 2 is it chapter 2 and 15 and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing, triumphing over them by the cross that actually all authority is under him he, he goes on to say at the end of um, one of the gospels the end of one of the stories of his, his life is, uh, is Matthew and he, and he says all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. All of it has been given to me. And therefore, go. Go and make disciples. That's what we're doing this morning. We're making disciples. Actually, we're, uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is, is just explain the words of the Lord that actually you might know him better. Okay? If you don't know the Lord... I'm I'm explaining it so that you might know him. Go and make disciples in his name because all authority is given to him. He's commissioning us with that authority to go 
and make disciples. In other places, my Bible's falling to pieces. In other, in other places, he, he tells his um, disciples to go and heal people in his name. But this is what, this is what happens when Jesus turns up in town with authority. He says, just say the word. And it, if we just ask him, just say the word, it will be done because he has authority. So there's a difference here. We're not asking, oh God, would you heal, please? Actually, there's a change now that he is giving us authority to cast out sickness, to cast out demons, to cast out, to actually say, go, you have no place in this person. Go in the name of Jesus so there's a difference here. We're not asking for healing. We are commanding sickness to leave and actually asking Jesus to come in. Asking his Holy Spirit to come in. This story in Luke goes, we're just going to have a quick look at uh, what happens when he turns up in the town of Nain because you know this, this story for the widow um, isn't looking particularly good. It's a terrible welcome, isn't it? He's, he's turned up... Um, in the town of Maine after all these cool things have happened in, in Capernaum um, and it turns up and there's a dead person being brought out. I wonder if his disciples and the large crowd that were with him were thinking, oh God, if you were just here 24 hours earlier, guess what you could have done? You could have, you, there was that critical guy that you, that you um, healed and you, he was about to die and then he was well. If only you were here before, then maybe you could have healed him. Dead person was being carried out. That's bad. Sorry for the understatement. The only son of a mother. Now this mother was on her own. And she was a widow. It just it goes from worse to ugly. Because now, this is a one-way ticket to destitution. She has no means for providing for herself. And what does Jesus do when he turns up? He says, don't cry. I'm at my son's funeral and I'm a widow. I'm allowed to cry, Jesus. Are they just... Wor- I, I'm sorry if there are times where you've been in I'm not very good at saying the right thing in tough situations, okay? Sometimes I say, uh, words just come out and, and, I, and I don't think about them well enough and, and so I end up just saying stuff. I'm like, why, why, why did I say that? Is that what Jesus was doing here? So don't cry. Actually, it's at a funeral. You're allowed to do that. So take this as a public apology if I've ever offended you in a tough time and I've said, never mind. <laughs> Plenty more fish in the sea, and something like that. Don't, I'm sorry. But Jesus didn't mean it like that. He said, Don't cry, because look what I'm about to do. I'm about this train, this one way ticket to destitution that is just all powerful and is carrying death and being a widow. Jesus is about to step out in front of it and stop it. 
Because he has authority to do that. That's what happens when Jesus turns up in town where, where bad things are happening, where, where death is happening, where sickness is happening. Okay, when he turns up in your town and there is despair or one-way ticket to destitution, he has the authority to step out and stop that. Because, because... His heart went out to her. She didn't come up to him asking for help. His heart went out to her. He was moved by compassion. Here is the Son of God with all authority and a heart for people. I haven't read anywhere of an account of Jesus going, nah, you need to keep on with that for a little while. You need to keep on with that sickness for a little while. Actually, people that came to Jesus and asked him for healing, he healed. He ushered in, he brought the kingdom of God as he, came, as he arrived on earth. In his ministry, he, he ushered in the kingdom of God, he inaugurated it. And actually we're living in this time where we're expecting the fullness of his kingdom. Where in Revelation 21 he says, see I'm making all things new. I'm going to wipe every tear from your eyes. We're expecting that when he comes again. And we're in between these times now where he's ushered it in and he says, don't cry, look what I'm about to do. Okay, and, and see I'm making all things new. And there's this kind of tension now where every so often we come to him with authority we come to him un- under his authority and we can speak to sickness in authority and with compassion for the people that are involved with this and say, stop. This one-way ticket isn't going any further. We're going to rejoice now. We're going to rejoice. That's what happens when Jesus turns up in your town. That's what happens when you don't have to Kathy was talking about, oh, if I just kind of um, get myself to a place of relaxing, or, uh, this is one of the things that she'd said to me um, before when we were talking, was so many people said, oh, I've just got to relax, I've just got to get to a point of relaxing. But actually there's nothing that we can do in ourselves. You can't have confidence in confidence alone or your own ideas, because that isn't going to help. Actually, just an utter submission to God and saying, look, you're sovereign and I need your help. And let's see what God will do. Let's see what God will do. That's kind of exciting. There's a story of Jonathan. um, uh, There's a chap called Jonathan uh, way back in the Bible and he and his armour bearer fighting this bigger big war and just him him and his mate basically just go should we uh, just sneak out of the camp and just go and have a go at our enemies and just just see what happens we'll see what God will do see what happens because he is all powerful whether we're two or whether we're a whole army let's see what he'll do and I think that's as we as we draw into a conclusion in this and we're going to have a chance to pray in just a moment let's see what God will do because he has the authority 
and we have authority in his name. And he has compassion. He knows exactly where you are and the story of suffering that has, and the pain that has gone before this. So what I'd like to do now is I can ask the, the band to come up and we're going we're to worship him because above all, he, the Lord is worthy of praise and he, and he is glorious. And he is sovereign and mighty and we, we want to praise him. But as we praise him, I just want to... If, if you are sick, Okay, if you are not well, then we want to want to pray for that. Okay, we want to want to pray with you, and um, and see what God will do. Because I believe I, I don't believe it's it's any kind of coincidence that, that the week that Kathy and Chase are sharing this news of God speak, uh, of God answering, the, God brings to fruition this word that He spoke over them, over them. That actually we're talking about God's authority and God's compassion and his sovereignty. I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus healed all those people in, um, throughout the stories of, of, his, um, of his life on earth. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you are here this morning with, with your lung condition. It's not too late to, to respond to this, okay? With your lung condition or had some... Other, other words um, as well, particularly if, if your lung condition is asthma or if there is a lesion in, in your lung as well, just want to, I believe God wants to heal you in this. Um, whatever that sound was isn't related to what I was just about to bring, but if you've got tinnitus in your left ear <laughs> don't if you just heard that sound that wasn't tinnitus that was just, that was just the band bombing up okay but if, if you've got um, tinnitus in your ear particularly maybe maybe in your left or some other kind of impaired hearing I believe God wants to heal you he knows what's going on he knows the disorientation that's causing for you as well if you're here with um, a, pro- a blood problem like anemia particularly God's heart is for you right now he, he, he's wanting to heal you of these things so as we worship if, if those words make, make sense to you if that resounds with you okay, I'll just ask you to come to the front and there will be some people here that can pray with you I'm going to pray and uh, a few others okay? and we're, but God's heart is to heal Okay. And he has given his people authority over sickness. And his heart is with compassion for you. So should we stand? We're going to worship. And if any of those words... and it, that don't, don't say, oh, oh, I wasn't on the list. Okay, If you weren't on the list, that doesn't... That doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that God isn't going to bring healing. Okay, actually, down, we'll pray for whatever it is. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to 
check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.